0: Hey, good afternoon. Wednesday afternoon. We are back, Gabe Diarm and Drew King on the powermazoo.com podcast. Last couple of weeks have been a little bit different. We did an NIL thing last week. The week before that was, was travel for basketball. Um, mm-hmm. so you gotta we gotta switch the, the schedule around a little bit during hoop season because it's it's not like they just play every Saturday. So, Drew, what's going on, man?
1: It's going well, it's going well. How about
0: you? Um, well, I'm not going to lie. I've been Mm -hmm. fairly upset all day that they have an eight o'clock tip off tonight. Um, Yeah. But you know, first world problems and all that. We'll talk about that. We'll talk Missouri LSU. We'll talk a little bit of NCAA tournament, all that. If you guys have, Questions, comments, feel free to uh, put them in the queue and we will get to those if you're watching live. If you are one of those watching live on YouTube, make sure at some point to look at the banner running across the bottom of the screen. That's going to tell you how to get in touch with James Carlton State Farm. Uh, James wants to do two things for you. Number one, he wants to take care of your insurance needs, be that car insurance, home insurance, life insurance, whatever you might need. James wants to see if he can save you any money. Every bit as much as that, I can say as much because I've talked to James and I know that he cares about Mizzou sports about uh, probably close to as much as he cares about his job. And that's not a bad thing because he really cares about Mizzou sports, but he also wants to help Missouri's NIL efforts. Uh, We did talk last week with Nick Garner about every true Tiger Foundation, the NIL collective. And that's what James wants to help you guys do. If you call James or you go online at carltoninsurance.net, you get a quote from him. You mentioned Power Mizzou. He's going to donate $20 to every True Tiger Foundation on your behalf. He will do that for every single person that gets in touch with him and gets a quote like our own Drew King did, um, uses James Carlton for his insurance, and um, uses Power Mizzou for his way to watch Missouri basketball, like he did mm-hmm. later tonight. So um, I I don't know, Drew, it's, It's weird to say this, but like we've hit a point where, especially tonight, we're going to the arena, and anything other than a somewhat comfortable win for Missouri would be a little bit of a surprise.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I agree with that. Well, and first of all, I'm I'm a little surprised you're not excited about the 8 p.m. tip-off. I I thought you would have been like a night owl hyped up for it, but you know. I, I mean... I don't know how much you know about me yet,
0: but I'm an old man, and 8 o'clock is... Man, I try not to be outside my house at 8 o'clock. Something's gone wrong if I am not in my house at 8 p.m.
1: See, I'm the opposite way. Something's gone wrong if I'm not outside my house at 8 a.m. So, um, (laughs) But, yeah, um, looking at this LSU team... they do not look to be as good as advertised before the season. Um, And and really through the early part of the season too, I mean, they did a really good job in their non-conference schedule, um, but it was also a a pretty easy schedule to get through. Um, And then they start off SEC play with a win over Arkansas and haven't won since then. It's been a month since they've won. They've dropped eight straight. And so you're looking at this LSU team like it's it's a very beatable team. You don't want to be um, the one that they snap the losing streak against. And so that's kind of the expectation if you're Mizzou. Well,
0: and it's pretty interesting because look, I do not yet think it's fair to say hey Missouri made the good hire in Dennis Gates and LSU made a bad hire in Matt McMahon like right. it's it's way too early to say that but I do find it kind of interesting that these two teams were put together in somewhat similar ways I mean I'm not sure LSU has anybody back from last year uh, Dennis no. Gates did at least have you know Kobe Brown and Caleb Brown and Ronnie DeGray back so we had kind of a building block piece there which McMahon didn't have in Baton Rouge but then they both brought a handful of guys from their previous program that already knew their system and then went out and got other, other transfers to fill out the roster. But the interesting part to me is Matt McMahon's previous program was better than Dennis Gates. I mean, Murray State mm-hmm. is a better team and a better program than Cleveland State. So you would think those guys would be a little more ready to contribute in the SEC than Gates's guys. And then also Gates pretty much brought in mid-major transfers. Mm-hmm. Matt McMahon brought in some guys from Power Five programs, from high major programs, and I, for whatever reason, it's not working right now.
1: Yeah, so I think two things to that. Number one, Matt McMahon was at Murray State for a lot longer of a time, right? He had more seasons to kind of build up his vision for the program. So um, I, I don't necessarily think that that's the best way to evaluate like how the two teams were going. Matt McMahon did come from a better program though. Um, And then coming into this year, I think you kind of hit on it, like Kobe staying, I think, has been a huge factor for Mizzou this season, right? Because we've said it before, if he has a good night, everything else falls into place for them. I'm not sure that LSU has that player. Um, They have K.J. Williams, who came over from Murray State, but that's like saying, um, Des Moines Hodge, you're going to come over here and and be Mizzou's Mm -hmm. best player, which he's been good, but they can't always win when he's the leading scorer. And so um, I I think that's kind of the difference between these two teams at this moment is that, um, you know, Mizzou had an all-SEC player already on the roster when Dennis Gates came in.
0: Yeah, well, and the other – I mean, I know you weren't weren't with us when Missouri was going through the coaching search, but I said repeatedly during the coaching search, like Matt McMahon was one of four or five guys that, that were pretty confident were in Missouri's group. Like all these schools were kind of looking at the same guys, right? Gates mm-hmm. and McMahon and Golden and Kim English was in the mix at Missouri. He wasn't maybe in the mix at some of those other places. But, you know, in looking at that group of guys that we thought was kind of the finalists, My concern with Matt McMahon was always everybody wins at Murray State. Like, I'm not sure I want to hire a guy from Missouri State because literally every coach has won at Murray State. And if you look at where they've gone afterwards, most of them really haven't won after that.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I I mean, you can win with a guy like John Morant, right? Um, But Well, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, but no, you're right. Like like Murray State and the conference that they play in too, um, you know, it's it's a little bit easier to win in the Ohio Valley than it is SEC. And so, um, I, I think
0: well, that- and and, like there are Ohio Valley programs, like, I'm not even going to pretend to know who else is in the Ohio Valley, but like <laughs> Murray State always wins the Ohio Valley. Like that is the Alabama football of 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 the Ohio Valley, right? is, I mean, when I was growing up, Popeye Jones and Murray State were good. Like, they, they've been good for a long time. So my point is, if you're winning at a place that's always won, like Dennis Gates won at Cleveland State, it's not like Cleveland State is a dominant program even at yeah. Horizon, right? Like, it's a right. place that not a lot of guys have won. So it just – and again, that's not saying Matt McMahon can't succeed, but it was just kind of a, a thing that was on my radar during the coaching search.
1: For sure. Yeah, no, I, I mean, that's a good point, though, is, is that Murray State did have kind of a history of being good before Matt McMahon got there, for sure. Um,
0: Zachary Ray says a big one for this tonight is letting Adam Miller shoot the three. He's 10 of 37 in his last six. And, and like... It's a little bit dangerous because going into the game at Old Miss, Old Miss might have said, well, just let Des Moy shoot the three, right? He's four of 25. So yeah. you don't want to let a you don't want it to be the night a shooter gets going against you. Adam Miller is is interesting to Missouri fans because Missouri was his first offer out of high school. He ended up, I mean, Conzo Martin absolutely loved him. He went to Illinois. It didn't really work with Brad Underwood. Then he transferred and Missouri was, it was the weirdest transfer recruitment ever this spring. Like I legitimately had multiple people tell me Adam Miller is going to Missouri. Hmm. And then I checked some sources around here and was told, "Yeah, we're not even recruiting Adam Miller, you know? So it was a really bizarre situation, but whatever, he's going to play in Mizzou arena just for LSU tonight.
1: So he, he does end up playing in Mizzou arena. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, um, so it, I mean, it was weird, though. Both sides might have been right. I mean, who knows?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, he—he
1: he, he was a super
0: highly recruited kid who just—he hasn't really put it together yet, right? Yeah. But look at if I'm a shooter who's struggling shooting, I kind of think Missouri's the team I want to play. Yeah, because they're going to give you some open looks.
1: Yeah, and actually, in my preview today on PowerMizzou.com gotta plug go, it go read it you guys yeah, may have heard yeah. of it right,
0: <laughs> right back there
1: yeah there, there. it is <laughs> <laughs> no but in my in my preview today I said I, I think I would actually take the opposite um route in this one because LSU is um even less efficient at scoring inside than they are outside they shoot about um 33 percent from three. Um, and only about 47% from inside the arc. And um, Mizzou, for its part, I I think has done a really good job of protecting the paint when it needs to. Um, The two Arkansas games come to mind, you know, going up against um, a a below-average shooting team, let's say. Um, And and so Adam Miller, you know, might um, be able to get some threes off against them, but that's – you know, you, you're going to live and die with that. I think my route would be making sure that um, they don't get any easy looks at the room.
0: Yeah. And, it, you know, I mean, Hey, the key to this one's the same as it always is for Missouri, pick up the pace, cause some turnovers, get some transition mm-hmm. points, all that. We, we know what this team is at this point, but it kind of going back to that three point defense, it's I think a lot of the open looks and a lot of the high percentages that some teams have shot and, it always seems worse than it actually is. Like I was stunned to get to the end of the game and discover Iowa State had only made six threes because it seemed like they made four in the first 10 minutes, you know? But I I think a lot of it happens because this is a team that is unafraid to gamble, right? They go go for a lot of steals. They try to cut into a lot of passing lanes. And what that does, it does result in a lot of steals, but also results in sometimes where, all of a sudden, you're out of position, and the, the next guy can't get there. But like when we were talking to Demoy Hodge yesterday, like he pretty much just kind of openly admitted that, "Hey, I'm I'm willing to take a gamble because I think it's going to pay off more often than it doesn't."
1: Yeah, and I, I mean, it helps when you have um you know the rest of the team able to recover as quickly as M- as Mizzou does, right? Like, um, you know, you have Kobe on the back line who normally does a a pretty decent job in the paint. Um, But you've also got like guys who can switch onto your man if you lose him, right? Like um, going from Des Moines Hodge to Isaiah Mosley, for instance, size wise, there's not that big of a gap between the two. Right. And so um, I I think that that's been, you mentioned the way that Gates kind of built the team. That was kind of his vision coming in is that it's, it's going to be kind of positionless, especially on, Defense, where everybody can guard everybody. And so
0: that's what people hear positionalist basketball. And I think a lot of times don't know exactly. That's mostly what it means, right? On defense, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who's guarding who, because most of our guys can like, look, we can't guard Zach Edie. There, There's not a guy who can, who can play the traditional five other than maybe Mo Diara, but one through four, like, you know, Sean East can guard a point guard, but he can guard a wing. Okay. I mean, you yeah. probably don't want him on the block against a power forward, but no. if you get caught in a switch every now and then, it might not kill you.
1: Right. And I mean, you've seen like Modiara, you know, 40 feet away from the basket sometimes guarding the point guard because that's how that's the switch that the other team got. And I mean, there was the, um, was it the Florida game where he committed the late foul and they got a free throw to go ahead? Um, I think that's go what ahead. happened they all run together, but, but since then, I I think he's done a pretty uh, solid job being able to go out on the perimeter and hold his own and not get crossed up by a ball handler. Um, so I, I think, like you said, when we talk about positionless basketball, that's what it means is that you're able to, um, not have gaps when you make a switch from a big to a little.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Man at arm says Des definitely a gambler. I, I love it when my questions get brought up on this show. Uh, I did mm-hmm. ask Des Moines yesterday, What do you think is a good shot? And he gave me the answer I was basically looking for. He said, If I can get it off. Now, he did, to be fair, expand on that a little bit. But, um, you know, he, he's a guy that, and like I think that's this team's mentality. And I, I thought it was pretty evident in that Iowa State game, right? They They got up about 15 and that's kind of when you start going, I wonder if they should slow it down a little bit. Mm -hmm. This team should not slow it down a little bit until they're at like the under four. And at that point, you take the air out of the ball. But like, if this team tries to slow it down with 12 minutes left, they might get caught because that's not how they're used to playing.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's something that they've kind of struggled with um, earlier in the season is, is having to... Um, play at the other team's pace, you know, going against Wichita State and UCF, um, you know, they're they're not as good when they're not running full speed. And so I think Isaiah has helped with that some, just, you know, having him on the floor as an extra spacer, putting him in Des Moines in the corners opens up a lot in the middle for the team, but it's still like not as good as when they're, you know, flying from baseline to baseline, getting steals and, and, layups in transition
0: so that brings up I, and i asked dennis gates this question a week ago shockingly he did not answer it guys you're going to find out this is a theme dennis is going to say what he is going to say it may or may not have anything to do with the question he's been asked but that's okay like he's he's welcome to do it i'm just prefacing this with that so i asked him like a week ago people talk all the time about you have to dictate the tempo right Like, you have to get that team to play at your pace. Here's what I don't really know for sure. How can you force a team to do that? I mean, how can Missouri force a team that wants to play half court to play at its pace?
1: They have to get the lead on the other team, right? Yeah. So, because if you're playing catch-up and you're down 10 with eight minutes left you're going to hurry up and get the ball across half court you know yeah. um and so i think that's kind of how they've done it so far this year you, you especially in that iowa state game right we we got to the 6 or 5 minute mark and mizzou had the double digit lead and i think we was up to 70 points at that point and and you were like i don't think iowa state's going to catch them um and they didn't. Right. So I, I think when Mizzou's going up against some of these slower teams, um, especially the two that they're playing this week, that's going to be the goal is to make sure that you have a lead and that the other team has to have to play, has to play with a sense of urgency. And the other way you do that is
0: by making shots. So then you can kind of set up the press and all that, because if you miss a shot, it yeah. is very easy for a team to just grab a rebound and say, OK, just wait. We're, we're just going to hold on here. We're, we're not going to run with it. Um, so again, Mizzou LSU tonight, we would certainly, I, I mean, this is one, I'm not going to say you can't lose it, but you kind of can't lose it.
1: Right. Um, yeah, no, this is a, this is kind of like going back to the old Miss game. I think this is a must win for them, especially at home, um, right. going against LSU, um, it, it would be probably their worst loss of the season if they drop this one i think
0: oh yeah because i think i mean right now what's missouri's worst loss florida which is a quad one loss
1: yeah right
0: Uh, yeah i mean they're top and on the road in the net yeah exactly so um cam points out on february 6th 2021 mizzou beat alabama to get into the top 10 then fell apart and ended up as a nine seed like I understand, and Drew, you probably don't understand this yet, but the welcome to this fan base who the light at the end of the tunnel is always a train. Um, so so just prepare to get run over. And and there's some validity <laughs> to thinking that way. I understand, guys. Um, but I don't know. It, the the thing about this team to me that you like is they are through the toughest part of their schedule. Yeah. I mean they have played like eight of their 10 most difficult games already. Other than at Tennessee and at Auburn, everything else you look at and go, hey, they might not be favored, but it's at least a toss-up.
1: Yeah, actually, um, Ken Palm has them only dropping three games the rest of the way. Um, And it's Tennessee and Auburn, like you mentioned, both of those are road games. And then the Mississippi State game this weekend um, on the road, and even that one, I look at as as being a winnable for for Mizzou because, like, I, I watched Mississippi State last night, and <laughs> yeah. um, I, I really wasn't all that impressed with them sure. playing South Carolina. I mean, um, so I, I, it's gonna be a tough game for sure, and I, I think they're gonna play Mississippi State twice, and they're gonna play Texas A and M once. You can probably afford to lose one of those games, but the rest of them, I think can definitely be wins. Um, and, and that'll get them up over the the 20 win mark for the season.
0: Yeah. And you've got South Carolina, you've got Georgia, you've got LSU twice. I mean, you're playing a bunch of, a bunch of bad teams to be quite honest. I want to go yeah. back and, and hit, uh, hit a question from earlier from Jason. Is there a big guy that Mizzou's bringing in next year? I mean, Jordan Butler is, Listed he's six eleven. From six ten to seven foot, depending on who you believe. So we'll split the difference and say six eleven, which might mean six nine. I know how basketball uh, measurements work, but with well, the hair, with the hair, seven
1: foot. Let me double check. I'm because I'm pretty sure his brother is also listed at six eleven. His brother's seven foot actually, which, okay. um, and, and you know he's also like only seventeen or eighteen right now, so he'll he could grow too. Can um, Can you
0: imagine being six eleven and you're like the short one? that'd be weird man (laughs) that'd be Uh, weird i I couldn't handle it some some epic battles in the driveway there (laughs) one-on-one but um and then look they're also bringing in trent pierce who is i don't know somewhere between six seven and six ten again kind of depending on who you believe in uh, who you believe you know but he's probably um more of kind of that stretch four is would be more his position. And actually, that's what Jordan Butler is too. I think because yeah. while Jordan Butler is 6'11, it would not shock me if he was barely over 200
1: pounds. Right. Kind of, uh, um lean is I mean, how they say that i believe trip pierce and jordan butler might be the same weight and jordan butler just might be stretched out a little bit more right yeah that, that's fair to say they also may be the
0: same weight as anthony robinson who's like 6'1 yes. <laughs> you know? uh, no they are they are long lean athletic guys and that's what that is largely what gates is is going to recruit and then they're going to get in a weight room i mean again people who, who saw him last year and I mean, the difference in Kobe Brown's body from last year to this year is unbelievable. That dude is sculpted now compared to what he was last year. So they're going to get these guys in and, and put some weight on them and and, and do some of that. Um,
1: you and mentioned you've you uh, that a little bit with Aiden Shaw, too. I, I think he's a little yeah. bit thicker than he was when before the season started.
0: And they say Mo Diara has added 20 pounds since he hit campus, you know, so... So it's – it's look, these programs are, are built to do that. Most kids in high school don't do it. Uh, Man at Arms wants to know how many years of eligibility Mosley has left. I, I'm pretty confident it's this year and next year.
1: Yeah, that's correct.
0: Yeah. Um, so, look, I – and I, I'm trying to be real careful with this because Missouri fans – I understand we cover recruiting and when you follow recruiting, like, you always want to talk about what's next but it's been a long time since Missouri has had a basketball team that has been really fun to follow. Like I would discourage people from fast forwarding through this season, thinking about what next season might be, because this season's a hell of a lot better than any of us thought it was going to be.
1: Yeah. It's, it's been a lot of fun for this year for sure. And, um, it, it can be exciting to think about like, okay, how do they build off of the success that they've had this season. Um, but at, at the same time, like there's a lot to look forward to with this team too. Like we're, we still got a whole postseason to get to. We still have half of an SEC schedule to go through. So.
0: Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like we don't even know what they're going to be building off of. Right. Like they could be building off of anything from like playing in the first four to Holy crap. This team made a run, man. I mean, I mean, cause like, this team is capable of making a run if it gets hot on a couple nights.
1: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, Kim Palm has them winning all five of their last games of the regular season, and so that would make them a pretty hot team going into March. Um, yeah, with where you're you're playing, you know, um, win or go home games.
0: And this is also the type of team that like matchups are going to obviously be so important, right? Because again, if you Like, Zach Eadie might have 35 and 35 against this team, and we understand that. But also, this is a team that plays 11 guys pretty regularly. Like, Mm -hmm. you might not want to get them on the third straight day playing at the conference tournament or on the second day playing in the NCAA tournament if you're a thinner team. So all teams are matchup-reliant in the postseason. But my point is, like, this is kind of the team Missouri fans have been begging for for nine years, and, and I understand the the Kobe Brown and Isaiah Mosley questions, but but don't miss this year because you're worried about
1: next year. Absolutely, and and to add to that, it's a team that's getting better too, right? Like we we haven't seen. Like, this team at full strength with Isaiah Mosley and Modiara in the rotation, and with Noah Carter and Kobe Brown and Trey Gomillion all healthy, right? Like this is a team that has a lot left to show, and and so um, that's kind of what I think the focus should be on. Is not necessarily how good is going to be next year, but how good is it going to be this year,
0: right? Right. And and it'll be interesting to see. And man at arm says not fast forwarding at all. But and again, we understand the questions like that's 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 part of the deal. You're always looking ahead. Uh, But just just, you know, this is like I don't look forward to covering the eight o'clock games, but all the rest of the games have been very fun to cover. I've enjoyed those, you know. So um, so what's a good week this week is one and one a good week.
1: No, I, I, well, yeah, I I think think
0: one and one's okay.
1: Yes. That's what I should have said. one and one is okay. Um, but like I said, you play Mississippi state twice and you play Texas A&M again. Um, I I think losing one of those games, you'll be all right. Two of them is a little bit disappointing, right? It'll probably knock you back. Um, it'll, it'll knock you down a couple of seeds during selection Sunday. I think, um, so if you only have one loss to use up and, and kind of stay status quo, um, I don't know that you want to use it in the first game of the three.
0: Right. Well, and 2-0 and, two and o gets them back in the top 25 this week without question. We know yeah. that. And that does matter to some people. Um, the other thing I think – Saturday in Starkville and, and Drew will be there. Um so he'll he'll have full coverage for you guys. He'll he'll hit Starkville sometime early uh on Saturday and he'll be there for you guys all uh, all day through the game. But I think that might be the first time that we find out can Missouri win a game when it doesn't score 70. Cuz like Mississippi State is just going to drag you into a rock fight. Like it could that game could be played in the 50s if Mississippi State really asserts the way it wants to play.
1: Yeah, I was I was watching them play South Carolina last night, and it was an absolute South South
0: Carolina plays every game as a rock fight, not by choice. Right?
1: (laughs) No, but I mean, I mean, there was less than five minutes in the game, and the score was twenty-one to twenty, and uh, the difference was that Mississippi State kept leaning on its defense to win the game. Right? They kept stopping South Carolina from scoring. And so that's how they eventually pulled away in the second half. Um, it's not very aesthetically pleasing to watch, but um, it, it is effective, right? And Ken Palm has them as the number nine defense in the country. So it's going to be a really contrast of styles between the two teams and how they want to play. And so I think Mizzou going to go into that one kind of with the same game plan they had against Iowa State where um, – if you can get 70 points on them and get a big lead, it's going to be really tough for Mississippi state to come back from it.
0: Yeah. I was going to say Iowa state was the number eight defense in the country coming in. Right. That game. So uh, be interesting to see. So um, yeah, guys uh, wanted to, wanted to make sure we jumped on here, gave you guys another show, uh, but we do have a game tonight at eight o'clock. Um, appreciate everybody who was here watching live with us uh, before you leave. Make sure to hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. We'll put a podcast out uh, in a couple minutes after this. If you're listening on that podcast, uh, five-star reviews, say nice things about us on social media. Uh, Drew, any uh, any parting shots before we uh, go rest up for the uh, midnight tip-off?
1: Um, parting shots. Yeah, I have a bone to pick with you, actually. I asked okay. you on Twitter who would win a game of one-on-one between me and Gerard Hamilton, and you said that Gerard would be the betting favorite, and I just want to know why. I-
0: I think he would be installed as the betting favorite. He's a little younger. I think – I th- is he taller than you?
1: He's one inch taller than you. Okay,
0: I think he's a little taller. I Last time you guys played basketball, he did survive a, a brutal cut to the face. So yes, I think he's got he some toughness about – I'm not saying he would sweep you. I just think mm-hmm. if I were to start the Power Mizzou book on it, I think more money would come in on him than would come in on you. I I understand.
1: I see. I see how it is. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. (laughs) I have to prove the doubt is wrong. We'll, uh,
0: we'll, we'll, we'll run that for charity sometime in the off season. Sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Drew, we'll let you go, man. We'll, uh, we'll catch up with you later tonight. Um, and guys, before I let all of you go, I do want to remind you one more time that all of our shows here are made possible for you guys to enjoy for free, without paying us anything. We appreciate those who do pay. But some of you, we understand, prefer not to pay. And you just hang out on YouTube and Twitter and get the free stuff. So the reason you can do that is because of our friend James Carlton. Uh, James Carlton State Farm Insurance at carltoninsurance.net. His phone number is 314-961-4800. And again, like James not only is making this possible for you guys, he wants to make Mizzou sports better for you guys too. And if you get in touch with James, you ask him about insurance, you get a quote from him. He is going to donate $20 for every quote he gives out to someone that, that heard about him through power Mizzou to every true tiger foundation. That is Mizzou's NIL collective of choice. So all you have to do is get in touch with, with James and say, Hey man, heard about you on power Mizzou. Want to get a quote from you on my car insurance. Whether or not you end up going with James as your agent, he's going to give 20 bucks to that collective Every True Tiger Foundation on your behalf. So uh, do that. They call that a win-win. Missouri should win tonight, but we'll see. Drew and I will be there about uh, five hours from now at Missouri Arena. So thanks for hanging out, and we'll talk to you next time.